everybody, and welcome back to the legendary podcast known as Touch the City. I am Fax Mercury, aka World Star Platinum. Big JoJo's reference, we out here. Um, and I am joined here by the illustrious uh <laughs> is that a Valor Durag? <laughs> you already know, man. I had to back out the velvet on him. You already know. You already know that Valor, you know what I'm saying? Just let him fill it a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I mean, nice and soft, you know what I mean? Just keep it nice and, you know, you know, spice it up for the podcast a little bit, you know, burgundy, you know what I'm saying? A little velour velvet type shit, you know, you know what I mean? Just try, got to keep it lavish, you know what I mean? You got to be lavish. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we chilling, though, we chilling, bro. The velour lord, yo. Velour lord, bro. Nah, we just here, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, the hair, I mean, it's so crazy because I, I don't even have any reason. I got like the fresh lineup and everything under it, but I don't know. Like this shit is just really a vibe. I'd be sitting in front of the computer all the time. I just have it over my head. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was good. It was good. How was your week? Oh, uh, man, just been chilling, man. Just, you know, like just low key, man. I honestly haven't been doing much at all. Like, I mean, you know, now that things are starting to open back up, of course, things were back in full swing, you know. Shit, I feel like work has been kicking up like crazy. So overall, like my sentiment has just been, you know, you go home, you chill out, or at least no, you work from home after the fact that you're done working from home and you poop, you're tired. So what do you do? You go lay your ass down and if you fucking fall asleep, you play your video games and that's it. Like I, I honestly haven't even been outside to clean my car, I think in over a month. Like and, and that's really just speaks to like how low key I've been. I honestly haven't been doing much. I'm trying to, like, get back up into the swing of doing things, you know, because I always say, like, when times like this or periods like this in general occurs because of the fact that, like, you know, I, I might not inherently see it, but I probably am suffering from some, like, mild, like, immediate depression of some sort where I'm not doing anything, you know what I mean? But I mean, it, oh, I, man, you, know, I know. you know, it is what there's it is. Lot, I think it's a lot, a lot of shit of, to be depressed about, you know what yeah, I'm saying? It's there's, crazy, there's crazy this, this is a tough week, so yeah. I totally get it. Nah, but yeah, you know, I'm trying to definitely make the best of it, though. I mean, shit, we, we chilled this weekend, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Kick back. Um, you know, what else I did? I mean, I play, I, I, I got to play Warzone, even though I play video games, I don't play Warzone every day. Like, I know, I, you know, that's the one game I talk about on here. Like, when I actually get to play Warzone, though, it's a serious occasion, you know what I'm saying? You got to sit down, get the headset on, you got the squad with you, you know? It's, it's kind of like when, when the homies get together for real. So, like, you know, you sit down, you play Warzone, late nights with the bros, that was cool. I got to get a couple of those games in, you know, uh, I think, what, one dinner this whole week, though? Mine has been trash, so. Yeah, that's been it, though, man. I haven't, I haven't been doing shit, man. I don't want to bore you guys or um, my bro, Justice. So, what, what you been up to, man? I don't know. How's your week been? Um, it was an up and down week, you know? So much, mm. so much shit went down that just really affected my mental, and I was just finding ways to really... Um, I guess, like, not harden myself, but just internally, again, just work to see, like, okay, like, it's, I know it's easy for me to fall in this hole, but, like, I have to find some other lesson through these bad things rather than the the basic one I resort to, which is just usually, like, oh, I'm just so done with everything. You know, I got to find some other way to, like, you know, keep moving forward. Because I know I'm prone to, like, something, you know, something tragic happens and, like, I shut down for a good amount of time. So I'm learning to work on getting out of that rut faster. So, mm -hmm. no, yeah. I mean, that's good. That's, I mean, it's healthy, honestly. I mean, you, 
not only like what you just said, I kind of like hinted to that too. Like, you know, it, it puts you in just this mood of where it's just like, you look at what's going on and you just like, you know, it's almost like, I, I mean, at least for me, I could explain it at least what it feels like for me. I see what's going on. You know, while it might not bother me at first, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, you know, the seriousness of what you just absorbed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, obviously so much of it happens nowadays. You feel like you're desensitized, but you know the gravity of what it is you just absorb. You're going outside. You, you're looking at other people in the face that is just kind of like they act like they didn't, it didn't happen. Or you see people online. They continue on with their life like it didn't happen. And it's just kind of like, yo, like this is just so fake. Like, how are y'all not mad about the stuff that I'm mad at? Or how are y'all not obsessed with it? You know what I'm saying? Like, like to me, it's just such a, 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 a hard thing to do, like to just get yourself together, address the things that you still have going on in life, whether it's professionally, um, you know, personally, your relationships, like those things are so important. Actually, it's so funny how we get to these conversations. This is a great conversation because today I, I was talking to Shy about that shit. And I, I don't know how we got into the conversation. But we got into profession, the, the idea of like, you know, where are you at in your job? I, I don't know who I, or what I saw, but I wasn't feeling down on myself, but I kind of was just like, yo, maybe I need to like consider picking up a new profession, a new skill, trying to do something like to make more money. Unfortunately, like, yeah. you know, that's what I do when I'm bored in life and I feel like, yo, you know, I don't know what else to do. Let me figure out how to make more money and do something with my life and maybe make my experience better. Like, I don't got to stress as much. So we're talking about that shit. And, you know, like you, you just kind of like have to sit back and realize, like, you know, what I'm saying like you, you have to give yourself a pass. You have to give yourself a pass. You have to give yourself a break mentally and just realistically, given what's going on. Like you like everybody that's going on and doing what they want and locking in to do. And I feel like we it's so funny. I feel like we talked about this kind of last week or the week before, but it's it's realistically something that you have to continue to remind yourself. Give yourself that break. Understand the gravity of your situation. Understand that, like, you know, yeah, you 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 can continue to progress. You can continue to do other things. But understand that, yeah, when you absorb some of the traumatic experiences that you're seeing on a daily basis, it's going to make you not want to necessarily go learn your new technical program is going to go learn work for some white man that don't give a fuck about you. Like that's just realistically like how I feel about it. That's how I, mm -hmm. I understand it. You know, it's going to make you not want to run immediately back to your work organization. That just doesn't give a fact about black lives. They didn't say no shit about black lives matter. They didn't give a fuck about mm -hmm. black lives or yeah. anything that's going on in your day. Like, you know, that's just realistically how you're going to behave. So, um, you know, I found myself like a little hard on myself and, you know, we was, I was chopping it up with wifey and she, Kind of just reminding me that, but say, you know, when you're comfortable, you're going to get back up and, you know, do what you need to do. But also overall, having these moments of reflection to be able to acknowledge what's going on. You, you, yeah, you might feel about it, but being able to then correct your mindset and say, yo, you know what? This is what's going on. This is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to respond to it. And just setting your plan and stick to it. You know, you, you can live with that. You don't have to like kill yourself or, or like, you know, you, you, yeah, you don't have to like be extremely hard on the fact that it does set you back, I guess. Or, you know, it does make you sit down and say, yeah, Yo, you know what? I need a couple of days. That's what the NBA did, right? I mean, shit. Yeah. I guess that's a good way to segue into that bullshit. I mean, they took the, the boycott. The NBA did the boycott. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And like, you know, they came back to playing. Now, I mean, there's a conversation, obviously, about that in general. I mean, you know, you boycott, then you went back to playing. But like when you just look at it and compare that and parallel it to what we're talking about, I mean, you know, you need that decompression. You can't have the Milwaukee Bucks who are in the city of Milwaukee where 
these motherfuckers less than what is it 50 not even 50 miles from their city the motherfucker yeah, Jacob Blake, like, yeah Kenosha Wisconsin Jacob Blake getting shot um but like I mean like what do you think is gonna happen like you think that people from that same city same from that same town they're gonna want to just get up and play for your city or play for your town play for your fans nah the fans don't need to be seeing what's going on in the league right now they don't need to see what's going on in the playoffs they don't need to see that what they need to um unfortunately realize and address and face is the fact that this is what's going on in your streets. This is what's going on in your neighborhoods. Your black players and athletes, your black fans, your black friends, your family, they're upset. They outraged. They're tired of feeling like there's a target on their back. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not going to bed at night and waking up in the morning thinking about what's going on in the playoffs. Not they 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 hurt at what's going on with Jacob Blake. So like, you know, the idea of just taking your like a moment out, giving yourself a moment of breathe, decompressing. But then allowing like yourself the the grounds to say, okay, you know what, this is how we can address it and come back. I commend everybody for doing that. And I mean, you know, shit. That's like I said, the NBA did that shit. And I mean, they they come back. They have a better plan. They have a, a modes of attack or a means to how they want to address things now. Shit, look at me. I said, look, all right, this is how I'm gonna want to address my life. Or even if I do want to pick up the skill, at least I feel like okay, it's so on my terms. I'm still allowing myself time to just mentally break down and accept everything that goes on around me. And I just feel like that stuff is important. It's a little bit of a lost element, at least in the uh, coronavirus era, I guess is, is what we're going to call it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, you have to just always consider that, you know, like, well, yeah, you just have to be able to consider now that like we're just at a point really where people are beyond fed up. So normally people would have a moment of reflection and then just keep it pushing. But now this shit is happening and there's so many things that are happening simultaneously. Everybody's so stressed the fuck out. It's so compounded that now anytime another thing happens, you're like, I can't believe something else happened. You know, it adds more stress. So now people are going to react even crazier. So the mm-hmm. NBA people are fed the fuck up. They're like, yo, straight up, I'm not playing basketball today. Like, y'all mm-hmm. are out of your fucking minds if you think throughout all that shit. And, you know, you hear the these stupid fucking critiques of these players by saying, oh, you know, you guys get paid millions of dollars. Like, what are you doing? And, you know, I, I blame mostly the wording around that for them saying boycott when it was actually a strike. A strike would be a more apropos word to describe what they did because they, you know, as a labor, as a union, they stopped working for that day. That's not boycotting. Boycotting is you would stop provide, you would stop uh, buying a product or something like that. That's boycotting. So first of all, it was a strike. And so what they were doing was basically as a union saying, listen, we're all grieving. We're not going to work, right? If you're grieving, that's you not going to work. You do take the day and you're not going to work. So they said, listen, you are not forcing us to work on this day. And people are sitting here saying they wouldn't do the same thing. You know, they're trying to call these NBA players privileged. Like that's not a, you know, that they yeah, actually not a have natural the to do like. that. There's still a workforce. Listen, no matter how much they get paid, it's still a job. They still, you know, everybody should be entitled to these job benefits and they have a union, so they should be doing what the union and, you know, they don't want that shit to end up like the NFL. Mm-hmm. Shit, where players got shit and they just subjected to the wills of the owners and the team. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, oh, so yeah. salute to the NBA for deciding to do that, mm-hmm. or at least the players, because not really the NBA. And I, honestly, that was like the NBA 
if they really they they had to have known like there's no way you can sit there and just say no to that because that would invalidate everything you've done up until this point yeah like in you know the nba's image from that standpoint like you you have to listen to your players no that's so a fact that, i agree actually and i mean players what do you i what do you say to those critics though it was like uh like i guess you would say those devil advocates that are saying okay now that they did that they came back like it was was it what was it all for nothing because now if anybody gets shot do you think that every single time now they feel like they should stop I, I mean, me and my person, I guess I'll just answer that real quick. I think that, yeah, like, motherfucker, if they feel like that day or that week they don't feel like playing, then they have the right to. They absolutely have the right to feel in their what's, what's What's the... Why is that a negative? Oh, so they're supposed <laughs> to do it every time? If they want to, why Wait, not? What? Yeah, sure. Like, well, uh, yeah, sure, absolutely. Continue to exercise your right. You are a union. You have the ability to do that. Yep. I was in a union, and motherfuckers did that. You, you exercise your right as a union because these companies, no matter who you are, don't give a shit about you. Mm-hmm. No, so yeah. you're not going to go and be like, you're going to force me to work when in this time that I am, I am unable to work. I'm sorry, but I am a hundred percent incapable of working. And people are sitting there complaining about exercising their right. Sorry. You got some fucking job that don't allow you to give you the time. And unfortunately that's a lot of people's jobs that you just, you know, they don't give you that right, but they have that right. And they're exercising that right. That's the whole benefit of that. Unfortunately, you know, companies have tried to stomp out units, but that's what they're doing. So by all means, continue to exercise that fucking right. That's what it comes to me. That's what it comes down to. It's a matter of labor and workforce. So, mm-hmm. no, nah, I bet. No, nah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like a lot of people need to just remember that, you know, unfortunately, you know, and, and I mean, that's a greater conversation. You know, the idea that the establishment just holds all the power. People just like have this idea that we just can't do like what we want this naturally in this country like that we don't we aren't the cogs that continue to move the economy but the cogs that continue to move society and everything like look if you need your break if you need your moment to take a break like you should be able to do that and like the fact that y'all on some bootlegger shit is always talking about like yo, lick in the like, boots. Like, what are you talking this country about? Country has primed you, has brainwashed you to lick the boots. Sad. That's why the American dream they, they want you to lick these boots of yeah. these CEOs of these authority, uh, you know, authority figures or authority like figures, mm-hmm. and sell you this dream that because they're so famous. That means they're better than you. Yeah. Like you have to su- uh, submit to their fucking will or something or anything that comes yeah. out of their mouth. But yes, they were successful, but they're still a human being just like me and you. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, them getting all that money means somebody else is not getting that money. Facts. And like, you that's know, what that, it comes down to. And like, I just feel like, you know, a lot of that stuff is lost. That's lost in the, 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 I guess the fucking the, the translations, it's just lost in the translations of society. You know, just what's going on. You know, a lot of people just forgetting that, you know, it, it, like you, you should care about yourself first. It shouldn't be about these billionaires. It shouldn't be about the entertainment of X, Y, and Z. You know, them being on like, ah, that's why like black people, they ain't care. Nobody was talking about, oh, they needed to play or, you know, go back to work this or X, Y, and Z. That Like, no, I'm not talking about none of that. To me, let's get our frustrations out. Let's protest in these streets. Let's boycott if we want to let's not let's let's turn this whole system upside down i'm a believer of throw the whole thing out i i just i don't really believe there's a way to continue to move forward i mean obviously i'm gonna you know do the the team player thing you know kind of like 
Milwaukee, you know what I'm saying? They boycotted LeBron. I'm pretty sure LeBron didn't want to boycott. He obviously has a more more than a vote or or more than a vote um, initiative. And he wanted to continue playing because he feels like, yo, look, my power comes with my ability to be on the court. Like my visibility, my celebrity, my fame is it allows me to do that. But similar to what he did, I would always, I'm still going to go with at least the majority of the masses because I understand, look, change is for the greater good. Unless I, you know, it's just some bullshit that just don't make sense. I would not like I'm going to always still support my brother the same way he did that. And, you know, like that's yeah. just what we need to do as a society. Continue to support each other because that's the only thing that's going to like create change. It's only going to bring change if enough people are doing it. And, um, you know, I don't know. I guess I don't know. That's a little bit. That's enough on that NBA boycott. We could get into the actual return into the NBA. I mean, the NBA playoffs has been an absolute blast off. Um, I mean, shit. This fucking series, yeah. I mean, with the Clippers and the, the Mavs, my boy Kawhi went off, came through. Yeah. A lot of people didn't even notice. I mean, my boy was, like, quietly averaging, like, I think it was, like, 33, 12, like, 15, and, like, 10 or, or 7 or 8 or some shit like that. And 50 something. He's at that level. Yeah, he's just at that level, man. Like, people, I feel like people don't give him enough respect. Like, I feel like people respect Kawhi, but at the same time, it's like, like, y'all really want this, like, I, I mean, or maybe it's flashy. the fungi. He's not flashy. I think it's, yeah. He's got the Tim Duncan thing. Yeah. They're not flashy, so yeah. people forget. Tim Duncan was underrated for his entire fucking career. He's another one that is just a so We're talking about, enough. like, legitimately the best at his position. It's legitimately the best at his position. Top five. I mean, he. I think he finished the MVP voting, like, his second year. He was top five MVP voting. I mean, we're talking about somebody that is just phenomenally underrated. I mean, I guess I could see the parallels. You know, Kawhi. I think he's continually grown from it. Like, I think even I, I was, it was right after he closed out the Mavs, I was watching his post game and I was just comparing it to like young Kawhi in San Antonio. I was like, yeah, wow, this this dude did change. Like, you could tell like San Antonio was good for him, but at the same time, it wasn't necessarily him. Like, Kawhi is more of like Southern Cal, West Coast, laid back, San Diego. Don't bother yeah. me. You know and I'm saying he don't he, he don't want no like nothing. Like he's just chilling. He's low key. So you, you confuse that for like some San Antonio, Texas type vibe. Like he's in the South, out in the field, you know what I'm saying? Like don't bother me type shit. But at the same time, like nah, he's a, a West Coast dude. And I think that's just what really he needed to do. He needed to get out. He needed to be in that Clippers uniform, really experience what it's like to lead a team. And I mean, it's it's just been great for him. I mean. I was looking up his numbers dating back to like the Memphis series in 2017. And like, that was like the first time I knew it. I was like, yo, like Kawhi yeah. is going to be able to win a championship on his own one day. He's going to be able to prove people like that. This dude could be one of the most dominant players in the league. Like he's so, so consistent. He likes to get to his spots on the floor. Floater game, immaculate. Mid-range game. I mean, he can post fade. He can post, uh, he can spot up in your face. Three pointer. Sorry, that's baby like, Jordan. I just see him Jordan. play, and he just looks like young Michael Jordan. Yeah. Only in how he operates in the mid range. Yeah, it, it, it's just rem- so for some reason like, just reminds me of Michael Jordan. I don't know why. It's so smooth, and it's it's because it's like he's so like he's so paced. I guess is that's that's like the exact word. I'm going to use his pacing and his ability to just slow down and use his pace to dominate the game is like Jordan. Like Jordan wasn't. Jordan was flashy, obviously, fast, athletic, could finish over anybody inside, outside game. Wasn't the greatest outside shooter, but he could shoot it. Like, the reason why Jordan was so dominant, though, is because he knew how to use his his space to, like, um, and abuse it against people. Like, it would look like he's moving slow, 
But then the next thing you know, he can turn on his speed and then he's gliding in the air. And he his hang time is so immaculately longer than everybody else's that he makes it look crazy. Kawhi had this one play um, during the game where it's like, I forgot who he was posting up. I think he was posting up. Might have been Trey Burke or something stupid like that. Somebody was small on him, so he posted him up. Yeah. Next thing you know, he took him to like, I would say foul line. He, he did like a, I don't even know what the fucking move is called, but pretty much he did a floater, but he one hand palmed the ball and like hung in the air and shot it like that, like one arm floater. And it just was perfect, son. I was like, yo, nah, that's like an MJ move, bro. Like that's Michael Jordan right there. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm a Kawhi fan. I, I, can't, I can't wait to like at least the conference finals. I want to see obviously the Clippers. Hopefully my team makes it through. They go ahead and square up against the Lakers. That would be a series for the ages. Cannot wait, man. I can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, what do you yeah, what do you think of the so yeah, Clippers, Clippers and Mavs was great. Um mm-hmm. yeah, Kawhi was fantastic. As uh, the Clippers are fine as long as I think the duo of Kawhi and PG on its best day, you really are in and they're a tier below. I think LeBron and AD on their best day, but I still think like they can carry a team good enough, you know, not too many people need to show up after that. But if one of them falls off, then I mean, I, I apparently Luca was at that level. Yeah. Like seeing it this series, just see like, yo, if PG is not stepping up, Luca is frying. And it was crazy. It's tough. I mean, you know, it's, it's so tough with this Luca series. I mean, you know, I, I, I definitely want to give him all the credit in the world. I honestly think Luca was just cooking him. There's nothing. There's not really much else cooking. that I can say. Yeah, I just know, can't believe he's at ridiculous. that level already to just be cooking at the level he's cooking at. I think you know, and that's that's a great that's a great statement and like kind of like a question and just assessment of the game. I feel like a lot of people forget, man. Offensively, do you know how hard it is to stay in front of any of these NBA players? Do you know how hard it is to stay in front of anybody in the modern NBA offense? It's like. People think just because Paul George and Kawhi was on the team that Luka was not supposed to score over 15 points a game. I, 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 I just don't think that anybody truly watches basketball because anybody that truly watches basketball knows that, look, the NBA favors offense. It favors offense. It favors the point guard, the shooting guard that handles the rock, that can attack the rim. You can't touch him. There's no, like, there's all the rules and regulations like, as to why he, Luka could be dominant. Look at LeBron James. Luka is literally LeBron just less, less athletic and white. So, like, like, when you look at their games, though, like, their ability to see the entire court, they can both attack the paint, they dish things out, they finish, like, at the rim. Better three-point shooter yeah, from the yeah. jump, though. That's Luka, the uh, yeah. Like, right now, yeah. Uh, actually, I don't even know, man, because Luka was shooting, like, I think 30% for the season or something like that. Like, his three-point shot is not, like, a lot of people. Like, even me, I was, sh- I was shocked. Like, you know, he was hitting a lot yeah. of crazy, like, step-back threes and doing all these crazy types of shots. But at the same time, like he was like having some moments where he just couldn't buy a three. And then like, when you would look at his averages, like his numbers just wasn't there. But I mean, I know him to be a dominant all around player. Like he can shoot the three, he can shoot the mid range. He can finish at the rim at this point in his career. Yes. He's superior to LeBron from three. Um, But I think like, you know, like, yeah, there was just too much credit given to like, I guess Kawhi and Paul George's like ability to defend where they needed to stop Luca. Luca is an all-time talent. Like he's an all-time great type talent. Arguably is going to be in a Hall of Fame if he, as long as he continues his career averages. Like he's going to be in a Hall of Fame. He's going to arguably finish as the greatest European player ever without question. Like when you consider all these things, I mean, like 
was it not supposed to be a hard fought game? And I mean, Paul George is Paul George, but people forget. I mean, the dude broke his leg, bro. Like he snapped his leg in half. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, regardless of whatever, like, yeah, like how cocky he might have been. He's been considerable. Uh, yeah, he, a step slower than. Yeah, than like, like give the give the dude, and I mean, you know, you start to beat on the dude and like badger him and anxiety. Like that shit is a fact. Like he said it. Like, but I'm not gonna lie. A lot of people was trying to be hard on him for saying that. I, I didn't see it, but. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to get too into like the Clippers personally, at least on that level. I mean, I definitely see like the the potential, at least in that matchup, the duos. I think AD and LeBron are the superior duo um, from the standpoint of that LeBron is going to LeBron. And if he has an off night, it's very, very rare. When it, but when he does have an off night, it's like, damn, like, you know, he yeah, definitely looks his bad. age. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like he really looks his age. But when he's on. And AD, like, I think is pretty considerably consistent as well. Like, I, I don't see him ever having an off night. You know, Paul George can't do what he did in this series at all versus the Lakers. And I think, you know, a lot of people give a little bit too much credit to or are, aren't given enough credit to the matchup, to the series. Paul George is never going to have to face an offense like that again. Like, when you're having to chase that type of offense on nonstop all the time, defend such great, a great offensive team, people forget they had the number one offensive rating in NBA history. By metrics, they are the best NBA offense ever. Listen to that. Ever, 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 ever. So when you're considering that, and then you have two great wing defenders that have to chase around the greatest offense ever, of course, defensively, they're not going to stop that. Like, even if you do have them off of their season averages, they're not going to be able to hold that to under 100 and then still put up 40 points per game on the other end of the floor. It's just not going to happen. And I'm not sitting here saying, like, Paul George was stopping Luka. Obviously, he was chasing him around trying to stop him. But he was getting cooked. So imagine chasing somebody around, getting cooked, and then having to go score. Like, I, I'm not afraid of that because Danny Green's not going to give him that issues. K- KCP can't give him those issues. No, no, nobody on on the Lakers can give him those issues outside of AD and LeBron James. Like, you're not going to give him any offensive issues. So, to me, it's just such a different series. Like, when you don't have to worry about that, and then you can just go offense, 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 and like, you know, you, you or you could even cause defensive. Um, stops like on a Danny Green, on a KCP, on a Kyle Kuzma, force them into errors, make them drop the ball, make them turn it over, and then you can turn that into. E- it's going to be completely different offenses. I mean, I'm serious. That's why I say, yo, the Clippers honestly faced the best offense that they could have and beat it because now they can beat everybody else's offense. They really can. Like they really can beat everybody else's offense that they're going to match up with. So it should it should be interesting. I mean, you know, like they uh. Like, we just got to wait and see. Because, I mean, the Lakers, they what? They fucking gentlemen swept the, the Blazers. I don't really feel like that was a test. The Rockets, I think, is going to be a legitimate test if they get past your OKC uh, Thunder. Maybe. Like, what do you think? I mean, I, listen, it, those two teams, it's just really a matter of shooting. Mm-hmm. It just comes down to shooting. I agree. I, um, and also, I don't know if uh, Shy is technically uh, – not technically. I don't even know if he's ready for this moment yet. Yeah, like for the playoffs, like he looks a little bit like he he's playing pretty well, but like I don't think you know he realized yeah. like he's just you know doesn't realize like playoff basketball is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's like not like he's not like super ready from the standpoint of like you know he's leaving his imprint on the game because I feel like there's just a certain hunger that you got to just come with for the playoffs. Like I don't you know, and I, I guess it comes from like you know the little bit of '90s and you know early decade basketball that I watch. You know, you you've seen a little. A young Kobe or a young Tim Duncan, young Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter in his prime. You know, these young greats, all the greats that we know, like, and they were like 22, 23, 24. 
30 points per game, 10 assists, 15, you know what I'm saying? Like scoring what Luka did, you know what I'm saying? We saw that consistently from these young phenoms, these young great players that were coming from college. I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I don't know much about Shy. I know Shy was popping off on clip on the Clippers before he went to OKC. So I know him to be a great um, guard. But I just, you know, like that hunger of yo, I want to be better than every fucking player on the other side of the court. Like I want to give him thirty. I want to give him forty every night. They don't have that energy. They don't have that hunger. They don't have that ambition. I don't see it. And I mean, you know, like. Like, it, to me, it's the thing of, like, you know, where he's attacking the rim 100 times a game or shooting 100 times a game. It's just trying to put it, like, you know what I'm saying? Trying to will his team and leave his imprint on the game where where it's needed. Like, you know, the game has become so overly analytical. I feel like I don't want to speak too shy, um, you know, shy's um, tendencies himself. I feel like, you know, you miss three, four shots in a row, coach might bench you. You know what I'm saying? That's how he's feeling rather than now, like, that's showing my aggression. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, you just yeah. got to turn that factor on. I feel like, the Houston Rockets, especially without Russell Westbrook at that moment in time, like it could have been something that you guys could have taken advantage of. But I don't know. I know Houston to choke. So, I mean, you guys have a chance, man, like to, to kind of turn this thing around, you know? I mean, the last game, it was just, you know, they could not miss. And we missed his, we missed historical amount of three pointers. Mm-hmm. I think we missed like 40 something three pointers. Jesus Christ. Like, that's what so, sounds worse than um, Houston. Yeah, I think, it's, versus, I think that's uh, the new Lord. record. So, it ha- you know, like, uh, who the f- what do you do with that? A historically bad night. Well, he's still here. Shots not falling. So, yeah. Right. So, we should be able to compete, I think, or at least take him to seven. Nah, yeah, for sure. I think, and I think that's definitely going to be a series that continues on. You know, you got the Nuggets and Jazz. I mean, Mitchell and Murray, I'm not even going to go too in depth there, man. If you've been missing that show, that's just, you know, like, anyway, if y'all that's haven't tuned in, that's just crazy. I mean, Jamal Darks, Murray. That's- 50 all points, time. 50 this is like points. an all-time rivals battle. Yeah, this is this crazy. Is crazy. I mean, Mitchell had 57, 44, 50. Murray had 50. Right? No, I think he dropped 45, 50, and 50. Like, literally like that. He, his shooting splits are like 70 and 70. Yeah, he's shooting like, like 60. How are you shooting 70% shooting like from three? It's like, crazy, what bro. What the fuck? I think, yeah, what is he? I, was, is he shooting 100% from the free throw line or something crazy? Some like shit that? like that. And it's just, it's yeah, wild. Right. Like, I know he was nice, but what the fuck is this? Nah, it's like, crazy, this is bro. crazy. And, like, I find it hilarious when you just think about the fact that these are two small, two small market teams. Mm-hmm. And so just, like, the, the idea of parity and shit like that. Like, wow, for once, you know, that's a hell of a battle going on in Denver mm-hmm. and Utah of all fucking places. All so. fucking places. It's crazy. Nah, yeah. When was the last time Utah was exciting? Fucking Deron sure. Williams. Deron Williams. Uh, trying to think who else was on the team. Uh, uh, what's his name? Was Millsap? Paul Millsap was on. Was he? Uh, was he on that team yet? Wait, no. Millsap. I know him. I know he was on the Atlanta Hawks. I don't think he was on the Nuggets yet. I know who was on there, but I just can't. His name is not coming to my mind. Uh, he was a big man though. He was a dominant big man though. I, I do remember Al Jefferson. Was. Not uh Al Jefferson, I think he was on there, but uh it's actually the scoring big man, not Al Jefferson. I don't even remember his name though. I can't even think about it. it I know it's gonna come to mind, but he he was a pretty good big man. Uh, and like I, I forgot what team he went to, but he was actually a part of a trade. He might even still be there actually, just uh riding the. No, Millsap was there. And Carlos Boozer. Yeah. Kyle Corver. Yeah, uh, CJ Miles, AK, 
Uh, West Boys. Yeah, I think that was 2007, 2008. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, you might be right. Maybe he was there. I'm actually thinking, I'm thinking like two, maybe like 2011, 2012-ish type. I remember the Utah Jazz, they had uh, the big man that was like pretty decent. And um, they used to play like that two-man game inside out. He was really their main option. I I don't remember his name. I don't want to. Um, but yeah, so hell of a, a series to be nah. watching. Yeah, hell of a Honestly. series to be watching. NBA playoffs has just, you know, been popping off overall. So, you know, man, shout out the NBA, then, man. Yeah, shout out NBA. Um, and the East was uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Is, I don't know. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee, Orlando. That's just mm-hmm. a weird. Yeah, it's just. Way, no. They, they, Milwaukee, no, they, they, Milwaukee they, beat Orlando and now they put yeah. in um, the Heat. I think that actually the first right. game is tonight. I think the game is actually on while we're recording. Like I haven't even. That's that's, that's gonna be a good series. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure actually right now. What am I looking at? I seen that it was uh, it was around sixty something, sixty something. Headed into the third. It's the fourth quarter right now. It looks like the Heat is up. Heat is up at the moment. So that's pretty good. I mean, yo, look, man. I think the Heat can beat the Bucks. So, I mean, that's one of those series that they got to, like, you know, watch out. I don't know, man. Giannis, he lose another one. He got to leave Milwaukee. Unless he, he's going to be on his Dame shit and not win a title, because that's probably what's going to happen to Dame, too. This is like, yeah. if you want a title and you want to finish with the echelons of you know, I'm one of the top five players to ever play the game, he got to leave Milwaukee. I just don't see him yeah. doing it, though. I don't know. I've been here, like, you know, you hear a little hearsay and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, who else? I mean, what's the other, uh, what was it? What's the other series? Is Boston oh, the other Toronto, series in the right? East? You got Boston, Toronto. Um, Boston took care of Toronto that game one. That was like crazy. They spanked the hell out of them, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, Boston. Yeah, they beat. I'm pretty sure they beat them game one. They beat them by like twenty. Yep. So I mean, yeah, Boston, Toronto. That's gonna be another series. That's just like you know, Toronto's just gonna have to prove. Like, you know, do you guys really have the heart of a champion? Siakam, are you really who they say you are? Fred Van Vliet, are you really really who they say you are? Kyle Lowry, are you washed or are you washed? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know which one Kyle Lowry. I, I know him to be a good backup guard now. I mean, he could still start, obviously, he has championship-like tendencies. But he, his skill, to me, always still screams, all right, backup guard. Because, like, he's just not dominant where, like, I see him going the hell off. But to me, that speaks to Kyle Lowry's actual impact on games. I feel like quietly... Even during the regular season, he's quietly averaged 19, 8. No, yeah, 19, 8, and 5. And, you know, for you, average 19 to 20 points per game in the NBA, man. That means you had a couple of 30-point games, a couple of 40-point games. Like, you probably you probably had a couple of those odd high-scoring games to get that type of average. And, um, yeah, like Kyle Lowry, I feel like, you know, he, he's just a guard that he's just going to have to prove himself, at least in this series. No DeMar there. There's no Kawhi. You know, you have Siakam, you have Fred VanVleet, and um, Cole, you know, Gasol, Serge. So they still have a good team, but can you get over the hump? That's going to be interesting to see as well. Um, but I don't even know, man. I, I think with the NBA, yeah. I'm just ready for the finals. I'm ready for the finals, unfortunately, at this point. I'm definitely backed in that mode. The finals. No, nah, I need the West conference, conference finals. finals. I think this is going to be crazy conference finals. Yeah, like, and, and that's actually the finals I was hinting at. I need the Western Conference finals first, that finals. And that's the, the final. Anybody who watches me, you'll be like, you know, the finals is the Western Conference Finals and then the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, well, the Eastern Conference, you pay their team, and then that's the finals. But the real finals is just who's coming out of the West. And, like, you know, I, I actually don't know, man. I really, 
I don't know who's going to come out the West, man. I hope it's my, my my Clips, man. I really do. I really hope my team can make it make it through this year. And they're not even my team, though. I'm a Kawhi fan. Everybody who knows, they just know me to be a Kawhi fan. It's not that I'm like a stan of the Clippers or anything like that. I feel like a lot of people get that misconstrued. I'm just a Kawhi guy. Like, that's that's really why we're here. Um, <laughs> fucking shit. Nah, yeah. So, other than that, man, NBA playoffs has been a delight. As far as what's going on, at least in the world, man, I mean, I know everybody has been looking outside. Everybody has, you know, at least opened their eyes to what's going on in the world. Uh, shit, Kyle fucking written house. I mean, you know, I know we, I didn't even get to mention it. I know we talked about a little bit of the stoppage, but the stoppage and then the reopening of the NBA, um, that was in response to the shooting of Jacob Blake, obviously in Wisconsin. We did mention, um, in, um, Milwaukee, we mentioned that, but like this Kyle Rittenhouse dude, like is, I I don't, I, I don't know if we talked about this last week, but this motherfucker, 17 years old. Not licensed to carry, a white teenager. I mean, he he literally just crosses from I think it was Illinois or some shit like that. I don't I I don't even care about the details. He was in le- state illegal, crossed into another state illegally carrying, starts firing upon people in the crowd. I I don't even know where to go with this, bro. Like so, like you know, what do I address? Do I address what do I got here? I got the Twitter scrolls on my screen, or just the reality of the situation? Like the reality of the situation is that not only do the cops not care. People don't care. You know, you got Twitter trolls in those threads talking about, yo, well, it was self-defense. And first, we didn't see this hand things and that, you know, similar to how you, you, you feel like you got the Chinese bots on Twitter in response to the NBA outrage at that one point in time. I feel like we have that now for any black outrage or Black Lives Matter related racism related event. You're just going to get these generic accounts or I would pray they're generic accounts saying the exact same thing. Like they be all saying it. And it's like people give that thing energy and give that shit you know so much like fuel fire it, it just it, it it'll make your blood boil like I don't, I don't even know how you feel about this but like the reality of the situation is i mean i i just don't see how we get back to anything i don't i don't i don't know how we get back Same to thing. any we're type just, of norm there's just there is no normal it's just you know we're, we're stuck in the cycle now we're just going to continue to have these events and it's going to be continue to be met with the same you know, redundant points against it. And that's all it's ever going to be unless we, unless we have to make, you know, take serious, serious action. Yeah. Like, I mean, clear, you know, leaving yeah. it up to the devices as we know them now to be, we're, that's why we're still here dealing with the same things. Motherfuckers have been dealing with for X amount of years at this point. None like, of this is new again, just, you know, another reminder, this would shit happen in this year is not the first time these things have happened. Like, my oh. thing is just like, all right, the real, reality of the situation is okay. It occurred. He killed these guys. We have all the facts. Like, like w- realistically, I mean, th- like, we have the Twitter trolls telling us these things. They're trying to get a- our responses. And then, like, are we realistically supposed to just put our heads down and just continue going back to work and act like that shit didn't happen? Like, that... We didn't just watch a dude kill somebody in the streets, not supposed to have a gun, and then they're still going to defend it somehow and make it where he gets off easy. Like, are we realistically supposed to just kind of head down and just get back to the reality of life? That's what they want you to do, because that's what they do. They don't give a shit about anything that's going on. I just don't. I really, man, like when I'm telling you, like it kind of has me stumped to the point where it's like mentally right now, I just 
I can't believe that this is what they really expect. Like, they really expect this to happen. Like, how are we supposed to shut the fuck up about this? How are we supposed to just get back to normal? Like, the people that aren't outraged about this or aren't seeing things, like, what? Like, I, I hate that life is at pretty much at this point. Like, that they have us where it's like, yo, like, we can't, you can't get out and vote this out. You can't vote nothing like that out. You can't vote that out. What are you going to, you can vote out somebody that, like, the, the didn't the police chief get on fucking podium and say that he didn't even watch the video? Mm-hmm. And he was saying, like, oh, well, this is what happens when people are out past curfew. Didn't he say mm-hmm. that shit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where Are we really supposed to be able to vote something like that out? Like, I just don't understand, like, this is just the scariest thing. Like, I don't see enough people, I feel like I don't see enough people talk about how scary this shit is. This is a scary. That's that's you know like these are. I know it sounds crazy. Saying those are radical ideas. Now you see, you're starting to see that they're that's it. You know you this shit is just. You realize like there is it literally has to all go. It has to all go because you see basically you see we're seeing people who haven't seen we're seeing all at the same time the cracks within every system around us and okay. how disparaging it is to black and brown and non-white people. We see how oppressive it is in every way, shape, or form. If you were not a straight white man, here are many examples in every type of field that we have, that we see. So seeing that all at once lets you realize, like, you know, you hear these things, like, no, you have to make your way inside. And you see these constant examples. And now people are starting to see that it, there's, there's absolutely no way that this, this could continue in the way that it's continuing. Yeah, like, and it's just kind of like if I don't, you want actual change, if you are, if you're cool with this, whatever, by all means, do whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I just you know like, and I I mean, you know, what does that even look like? What does that even look like? What? How does that even start? What are we gonna do? Like, you know what That's I'm saying? Like, I, I really questions myself, still have to be. You know, people are there's like a socialist movements that, you know, discuss about what it would be like after. But that's the thing. Like people think, you know, like it's that's just the hardest. That's the one step. And that's not necessarily the hardest, but that's the first step that you have to go through. This is difficult to overturn all of that. That's why, you you know, history has shown us, you know, it, it takes you know, revolution and shit to be overthrown. And it doesn't always come back the same way. And it takes a while. Like you, you got to be prepared to be like, listen, it's worth that. I am not subjected to these things anymore. Mm-hmm. And that you yeah. could start to rebuild, like read the rebuilding process takes time, but it's the, in the hopes that you're doing it for future generations. That's the thing. Like we could do all this shit and we may not see the benefits in our lifetime of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Like it might get worse before it gets better, but it'll be the kind of worse where it's all right. You know, we, we got to figure shit out. And, you know, there's a lot of job loss or something and it's, it's bad, but it's like, all right, you're not getting fucking oppressed or at least you took down the oppressors before, you know, as you're moving towards a better future. No, yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, question is, you know, are people really ready to be that uncomfortable? Are they ready to make those decisions? You know, like we talk about that shit. We talk about that shit and I, you know, and I know. You know, we kind of hinted at, like, I mean, I, you know, we like in that topic that I want to talk about next week, so I'm not going to talk about it. But like, I know we were speaking a little bit just of the, the notion of, you know, being uncomfortable, you know, getting out from under these structures, getting out from under these institutions that implement and just continue to nurture racist te- tendencies, re- nurture 
racist policies and ideologies. Like, I mean, you know, when do we wake up? When do we wake up and try to just take back what is just rightfully owed to humanity? It's not, it's not about our, it's not about people of color versus anybody. It's not, it, cause it's not really that, like, this is really white evil. And I always say it's like a lot of that should be just white evil, like against everybody. It's just this, these evil motherfuckers against everybody. And mother, like what most, what most of what everybody else wants is just humanity. We just want equivalent trances. We just want peace. We just want equality. We don't want nothing else. We don't even, I don't want no reparations. I don't want no handouts. Trust me, as a black man, I can tell you that black people do not want handouts. I don't want nobody. nobody. You got to come up off that reparations. Just off principle of this is shit I'm owed for that you think, money you, you actually want them to like hand you something straight up like it's not you, about handing it's about it's yours it should be yours no That's i the thing I, I, I understand that i understand that like so that, it's not know, a handout yeah. because yeah. then anything that the government gives you is a handout i don't believe in in handouts that shit is old reparations motherfucker that shit you need to come up off that because no that's you know, my ancestors should have got that shit so that's oh, what no, it's yeah. about it's off the principle of that so it's not a handout you deserve that money oh Don't no think it as so, a handout the government oh, no, no, no. Is, needs to I, give you that look, fucking money. I, I understand that but they will never call it reparations that's why i call it a handout no, no, I'm, no, re- I'm being realistic like because they would never call it reparations they would never call it reparations it would like, be i don't even well and like i said unless we want reparations that shit all gotta go it and, all has to go before and, that and you comes. see we, and this is what i'm talking about me and you we be speaking the same language that like even though we're saying two different things we're saying the exact same thing in the sense that I feel like you're acknowledging the fact that we deserve reparations. I agree 100%. There's no questions about it. I'm saying that we ain't getting reparations, essentially, unless we put a gun to their heads. That's the only oh, way we're yeah, getting yeah. reparations. So, all right, so I gotta go. <laughs> that's why I'm like, you know, I like realistically, like, the, and the shit that they would give us would be the coronavirus relief deal, $1,200. It would be a bullshit <laughs> handout. That's what I'm saying. Like, so that's why I'm just like, yo, I don't even want your fucking handout, bro, because it's just like, like, I know what you, the, the handout that you would give me is just going to make me want to take and put a gun to your head on some crazy shit. It would make me a revolutionary. I'd get hot blooded because, like, you're going to disrespect me. You're going to give me 1200 when you owe me $1.23 billion, trillion, gazillion dollars for the economy of the country. What has made the United States the strongest country in the world and in history and in the strongest civilization known to man ever in recorded human existence has been pretty much piggybacked off by black people. They ain't no reparations. They can't reparate that. That's impossible. <laughs> the reparate at this it's revolution. That's what the fucking yeah, reparation like, is. It's just so that shit. No, like, I honestly think there's no me. feasible way in any way, shape, or form that politics would ever get up to a point to decide reparations. Also, I think logistically trying to figure out reparations yeah. is really difficult. Oh really, no, they, they really could never difficult. value it. And I and with all due respect, they like I can't let them give me reparations because I don't want them putting a value on what they think is right. Re- like they can't put value on my work. Like, <laughs> yo, put the coopy. Nah, no, nah, real right talk. Now, like, yo, yo, when I'm telling you, man, like, yo, that's <laughs> that's it, yo. If no, nah, no, nah, you got a point. Yeah. I'm just saying, yo, that's that's <laughs> real coopy shit. Nah, that's real shit, like, like, I agree though. That's a fact. Like, how we letting them put value on this shit? Like, come on, son. And like, like we, and honestly, like, to our pre-prod conversation. A lot of what, because this is going to be our next week. Everybody listening, next week, tune in. It's going to be a lot of more of not the same stuff, but in regards to just these sentiments and these 
these principles of just what's in st- bestowed in like what I want to call just white patriarchal business, bro. Like this is just a business structure because governments are just massive businesses that, you know, run societies and, you know, businesses are just, you know, at, at least yeah. that's how it exists in America. And unfortunately, yeah. in capitalism, like that's literally how it exists in America, unfortunately. But like, when you look at it, like they're all racist at their core, like how they choose to like distribute, how they disseminate things, how they want to give out bonuses, how they want to pay people, how they want to give back. Like all of that stuff is racist, bro. It's all racist. So to me, it's just kind of like, all right, even if they was going to give me reparations, how is a white man going to tell me the value of my, the shit that they get? Like, why am I letting him give me the value? Like, why, why am I letting him tell me the value of what he deems he should be giving me? Okay, yo, yeah. you know what? We calculated this is what you deserve. Like, oh, like you, why, who said you make that decision? Give me everything you fucking got, bro. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's my energy if it ever came to that. And that's why I'm just like, all right. Like, I know we could never talk real reparations because to me, it's just like they... Like that that's some like real who went well shit. It would not that's like my blood. That gotta be my blood. That gotta be my blood because it's just there's no other way around that. It's you know, and I don't know, man. This is what I always said. I said it last week. I said, yo, I don't wanna open my mouth because I'm gonna come off as real treasonous. I'm either gonna rub some people wrong, or like some people is just gonna be like, damn, Tenny are fucking radical. But like, yeah, you gotta, it, like listen, that it's like at this point, like you you, you start expect? to see. exactly. Like to me, I you know I I just you know I I try to do the research to come to this conclusion as fast as I could, because I you know like you start to piece things together and you're like no 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 like this there's no way like you don't realize how deep it is, uh-huh. and once you realize it to an extent and you realize like all of these systems are interlinked with each other in a way that like it literally will not change until it all goes. And yes, it, it is, it will be difficult. That's the thing. Like, you know, that's not, that's just one step. And that step is really hard, but the step to rebuilding and reconstruction of a better society, you're literally making a better society. That's what people don't understand. Exactly. Like, it's not like what well, we're true revolution is literally saying like, nah, this entire society is built wrong. We have to start over. The people are saying we've had enough and the people in power are not going to give that shit up easy. And it's going to literally come to that. Yeah, no. Or we go into a complete fascist regime, and then the only way it ends is another country winning a war against us, like World War Two. Mm-hmm. But I doubt that would happen because we're the the most advanced military on this earth by a considerable margin. Mm-hmm. So we were talking, other, you know, when we were in the park, and I was saying, "Yo, you know, I, I don't know, but <laughs> you know, like if America's that shit is scary, decided, bro." So you, you actually, know, you, like, know, you, you honestly just put me in another mode of thought, bro. Like, cause is this a part of a great master plan? Do you think? I don't know. Ah, that's new world order shit. No, I think it's just the constant, you know, the constant subjugation to just, you know, I, I think like it, the, I, I, I felt like it was always a stalemate, but now like the sides are being tipped more towards fascism. But I always thought it was like, at the very least, like we just have to maintain this level of society. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, subjugation, like, you know, every, they could have a little bit, just a little bit, keep it at the little bit. Yeah. And then like, all right, we could take more, give them just a tad more, just a little bit when the people start to push. But now it's getting to a point where we're pushing and now you have to push farther. And so it's going to go from placated to to just straight up like, all right, now we're asserting ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you the whole point is that, you know, if you have a government that's 
on your, you know, a government built for the people by the people, you would come to that conclusion faster. Mm. One, this wouldn't be happening, or the first time it happened, you'd see massive reform. Mm. Look at the uh, the the Christchurch, the Church Christ, uh, was it Christchurch? Which one? In uh, New Zealand. Oh, with and, the uh, okay. And like twelve people got shot or something. Boom! They implemented massive gun reform. They saw oh, uh, with the terrorist attack against the yeah. uh, mosque in New Zealand. Yeah, right. And they and they saw nothing. For like the remaining, for I think that they were said they had zero gun deaths or something crazy, and it was like, wow, that's what happens when a government's like for the people, by the people, and mm-hmm. care, you know, are working to serve the people, and the people are holding them accountable. Mm-hmm. It's you know the people hold them accountable, and that's exactly what happened. And a, a functioning government is able to get that done. That mm-hmm. wants to do it. This government not only wants to do it, is too incompetent to do these things. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, exactly. That's and uh, you know, the United States, just like you said, on stark contrast, it's a government run by capitalism, infested with the NRA's donation donation money throughout both political com- campaigns, um, both political parties. Forget about it. I mean, you know, what I'm saying like we were never gonna get rid of guns. We can never get rid of guns. That's why when people get shot, people are getting massively killed by all these AR-15s and assault rifles of mass destruction. Like, I mean. You know, like they just sit there. What are we supposed to do? Like they, their whole, our whole government is to just continue to take money from anywhere. Nobody really cares, and that's the problem with this shit. It's just, it just comes off as like, man, like I, I don't know. Like, and I know you said it, it sounds New World Orderish, like, and I hate to get into that bag, but it really comes off as it because like, who would have thought? Like in 2020, we'd be similar to a situation where it's like, all right, we got Donald Trump as president, right? We got Republicans in party trying to control a situation where, or I, I feel like they're trying to just conjure up a situation where it's like, motherfucker, I'm the president. I'm not leaving. So what? And oh, I, like I could, you said, it could come down to that. And, and like you said, I mean, you back that with, and I got the strongest military force on the planet of Earth. Oh yeah. And we got cops. We like to kill everybody and we don't care. You still can't do anything about us. Oh yeah. And we hate black people. Like that really, like you know what I'm saying? I, you know, you knock on wood, bro. Knock on anything solid, like you know what I'm saying. Rebuke for the religious people. You know what I'm saying? I don't, like you know what I mean. Like I, I would pray to God that that's not what is gonna happen. But six months ago, I told nobody. I don't ever think I would see Times Square empty. Times Square has been empty for months, bro. Like there's a lot of shit that we thought we would never see, and things are just happening, bro. So I just, you know what I mean? Like I just look around sometimes, and I'm just like, man. People need to wash their eyes, you know, open like, bro, it's the same way. I'm, I'm sure, yo, and, and Hitler was rising to power, power. Motherfuckers was just, oh, no, nah, no way. I mean, nah, there's, there's no way that can happen. Yeah. Motherfuckers need to watch, bro. I'm telling you right now because it's the perfect recipe for, yo, I, I just don't need to leave. Why would Trump leave? Think about it. Like, I, I'm thinking about it from an arrogant person. If I was in power and I wanted to be a dick and I, I had people that were willing to back me to do some shit like that, I'm, I would be, I would. Why not? That's how all villains do it. That's how all evil people do it. They be in power, they get a little too head like powerful, and they just like, yo, motherfucker, I'm not leaving. I don't know. I just think like this point. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I'll, yeah, I'll let you get a piece. You, you I was gonna say like I don't know if it's necessarily built towards that. It just seems like a very advantageous use of a situation. That, you know, multiple parties are saying, hey, listen, we have this time now. Let's do what we can do. Let's get it all done now. Let's try to do what, you know, those particular people have been trying to do, I don't know, forever. You Mm -hmm. know, just constantly find ways to subjugate 
you know, black people. Mm-hmm. And so all those people are just seeing this time to be like, oh, shit, let's let's get it done. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, why, and you know what it is? It's like the open. I think it's just the open disrespect. Like, it's just the open. Know, it's, it's, that's the difference. It's oh, yeah. everything that you know to be true, but can never have been confirmed. And so that's why all, you know, people you knew were racist were just looked at it as, you know, closeted deniability people. Just people that were just in denial because you couldn't come up with actual you know, proof. But now you have this motherfucker just literally saying like, yes, please shoot these people. Mm-hmm. So like, like things that you're like, wow, I never thought I'd hear a president of the United States say that shit. Like he's just coming out and saying, and it's like, these are, this is somebody elected by a, a, the Republican party, one of the largest parties in the country that I live in and tons, if not millions, if not almost billions of people back this man. I mean, so I'm living in a country where they don't like me. The average person that don't look like me does not really like me. They want this guy in power. You know what I'm saying? They have no problem with this um, uh, Hispanic people south of the um, border or right there at the border being held in fucking internment camps like they did yeah, in Germany. They don't, they're they're like, you know what I'm explicitly, like, they're explicit. That's it. White people are either explicitly participating in white supremacy passively or ag- actively against those are the only three stances you can't yeah. waver and see you you know you can't say well i'm only you know uh, uh um checking people every other day yeah nah you as a white person got to be doing that work every time you see some shit you got to say some shit you can't pick and choose then you go to passive which means you're okay with some examples of it and that's not okay. You shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be doing that if you're, you know, say that you're on the, the right side of history. Yeah, like, and I be giving, I mean, I swear I give everybody a chance. I give everybody a motherfucking chance to just prove me, prove to me that you're not a dumbass, like, fucking emotionless, soulless human being. There is no reason on the planet Earth to put a human being in a cage, bro. Like, I, I just don't care. I don't care what country they're from. I don't care if they came here legally. They I mean, came here illegal. Split the racism. This you just don't put racism. them in the cage, bro. Like I would never do it. Like I don't even like putting my dog in the cage. I just don't like doing them. Like, like explicit racism. <laughs> but, and other yeah. sadder news, unfortunately. Yeah, um, man. I think we should to to. Oh yeah, speak nah, about the good life, that. my brother, bro. The, the life of the the good man. Rest in power, rest in peace, Mr. Chadwick Boseman, beloved man, beloved actor, beloved husband, yeah. friend. You know, we just have to pay our respects to the man. So, um, so, so, so sad story. I mean, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. It uh, hit me. It hit me very hard because, of course, as we know, nobody was, you know, uh, um, keen to the fact that he was suffering from pancreatic cancer. Yeah. And was, you know, diagnosed with or he had stage three and got to stage four. Oh. He was at stage three or stage four since 2016. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately it, it progressed and he passed away and he was only 43. And other than his, you know, relatives or people he, you know, was in his circle, nobody was none the wiser to it. Mm-hmm. So you just have to think about the kind of person that would choose to you know, go out there and live their life in that powerful way or in that way and choose not to, you know, have be impacted or be judged by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we see him speak about people that were in similar situations than him. And, you know, he just 
was constantly an inspiration. And those kind of conversations he was having, you know, it's different now because you now know, wow, he was also in that situation, you know, trying to be a positive life for other people and trying to help people in that. And now you realize why he was the way he was because he was dealing with that. So you could feel true empathy and true, you know, somebody very, uh, very kind and um, very courageous to do what he did. Um, and to give us so many, to be a great actor, to be a legend, you know, we, I always joked that Chadwick Boseman was going to be the the black dude to play all black dudes. And not only that would be the, he would play himself in his own biopic, his own biopic. Straight up, I felt like that would just be hilarious because he would have played every successful black man, and then he would play himself. He was he was really he was on the rise, man. Because like honestly, I feel like I you know unfortunately his untimely passing. First thing I did, you know, you start to go through some of his movies, some of the movies you watch at least with him in it, and like you know like you just see that like he although he was in a lot, he wasn't in a lot, man. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't get to live his life, and that's like he was in. So many impactful movies yeah. in a short amount of time, you knew, like, oh, he's about to give us like 20, 30 more. Exactly. You knew, you knew that one day, like, you know, you, you the way you look at like a Denzel, the way you look at like yeah. a Samuel, Sam- kind of, like the, yeah, the top of actor, you knew he was going to be in that class. And I just think that, you know, you know, with his untimely death, it's just, it's, it's shocking. And I mean, you know, just to piggyback off a lot of what you said, I mean, like he, you know, I think if anything at all, like his passing is just a continuing reminder of mortality. It's a continuing reminder of mortality. It's a continuing reminder of random randomness, the randomness that is life, the random generator that is this universe that we live in. You do not know. You You literally are fine every single day. Like you think you're fine. You might not be fine. Yo, please get your checkups. I think I just want to start there for one. Get your checkups. I don't believe in the doctor often, but I need to tell everybody, please get your checkups. Not saying that was the case here. Not sure. This is something that he could have found out and just been battling we, from Rip. I don't know when he found it, but I'm just saying, Chadwick Boseman, and I think this speaks to his just his his incredible strength and courageousness. I mean, the fact in 2016, nobody can tell. Like, I mean, I'm looking at IMDb. I mean, dude did Black Panther in 18. Nobody could tell that he was sick. Like, nobody could physically see it. Like, I had to look back and think, like, bro, did they CGI his body or something? Like, like the dude looked rock solid. Like, he, he, like, that can show you. I, I think that scared me, actually. That showed me, one, how strong he was. But I think it terrified me because it shows you how fragile human life is. Like, that you could be sick and look like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. And people don't understand, like, you know, when it comes to discussing about like ableism and just saying certain things about sick people, it there's, you know, there's types of sickness that you don't see mm-hmm. where people work hard so that you don't see them and you don't judge them based on that. So yes, it's important that you respect all of that because you have no idea what anybody could what be going through at any fucking point in time. Mm-hmm. And that's a, one of these examples that you're like, holy shit, bro, what? You did not know he was going through that and nothing about his life indicated that. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, you know, you see some people are very private. That's their every fucking right. Yeah, so, right. And you see he lived a private ass life. You saw him everywhere. 
but you never really see what he was really, you know, outside of like public appearances. Mm-hmm. Like if he was going, you know, like I, I know he did like a commencement speech at uh, Howard University where he went. Um, he did the and, like, uh, you know, an acceptance speech for Denzel. That shit was pretty good. Yeah, I, he did I, that. I, I, you know, I, I, he was speaking at you know. Other than that, like we didn't know much about him. Uh-huh. So he was just you know he was on the low and he kept it quiet. Other than like little stories here and there, but my man's you know lived a very private life and chose to, to go out in that way. And I I gotta fucking respect that to the fullest extent of I saying like I, I this is yeah this is this is me i i don't nobody needs to know this you know i don't want to be judged on that I, and, and i would want everybody to remember me in the positive like I, I you know i have the i have the ultimate respect for how he went out because he's a legend like he's a legend off of what he did but he's a legend on how he went out because he just like he wanted us to remember him as child to child he don't want us to remember like he don't want people like the memes the jokes like Talking about he was like the crack, he was skinny. Like he didn't want that image of people to see him in the end. And I think I would be the same way. Like God forbid if I got sick, like I, I think I would just live my life out. I realistically think I would do my best to to, to obviously fight it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm saying like Chadwick, I would live my life out though. I'm not gonna sit here and just let it defeat me to the point where it's like okay, like I, well I'm not doing it, and I you know I if I'm taking photos and doing things and putting my face in, like get putting my face out there so people could just be asking me and be like knowing that I'm sick and things like nah oh no oh yeah we're just going to get drunk at the bar come through or, oh yo shit I mean if I know I'm like I know it's a terminal situation like I'm I'm, I'm yo come chill like let me just kick back relax oh yeah nah I'm just been fasting or whatever yeah. like I, I I I would just be honest with myself that if I understand that this is how I'm going out then I would allow it to go like that but I would allow my friends to enjoy me as Tenny, enjoy me as Twim, enjoy me as all the fucking hilarious moments that we've had together. Like, I don't want it to be, I'm sad that you're leaving for 12 months or whatever the, like, you know, he said in 2016, I, like in 2016, if he had told his family and friends and then for the last four years of his life, I would hope and pray that his friends and family were just being there for him making him smile, enjoying the moments that he wanted to do. That's what it looked like. And that's what it looked like. like, That's exactly what he wanted to do because all his famous friends just didn't know. So yeah, and he chose not to tell them that. That's that's, the far way. That's the way you want to do it. Just like and not only that, just think about the fact that he moved the way that he did. You know, he's you know tried to be the best person that he could be in the time that he had. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like he went out and, you know, maybe chose to, to to separate himself and give us that. But I think it's one of the rare times that somebody got their flowers before they died. Like yeah. we all love Chadwick, you know, and everywhere he went in, in his time on Earth, when he became famous, people was always showing him love. Yeah. So like, you know, like he knew people fucked with him. Mm-hmm. So I think that was that's, you know, I, I, you know, I was so happy to know that, you know, he knew that people loved him or, you know, that, you know, what he did and what he wanted to give to the world, people accepted that and received that in a positive way. And, he, you know, he always spoke about, you know, or every time I hear him speak about acting or used to hear him speak about acting, I always just respected that. He yeah. always was very passionate about it in that way. And he was a hell of an actor, so. Nah, he was a hell of an actor, man. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't watch too many of his movies, but, like, the, obviously Black Panther, 42. 
like was what Great. i mean that's honestly what broke me into like okay like this dude is the truth like he can act his ass off i knew from here Bro, I, was- I knew that was going to be t'challa because i saw his disdain for the white man in that movie and in order to play t'challa you just have to have a disdain for white people <laughs> like the real scow because wakanda's just never been colonized they're like hell no don't come in here white man so yeah. he just had that disgust in his eyes of 42 and i was like nah he gotta be he gotta be black panther if they do some shit and then he became black panther and i was like see look he's a perfect dude yeah. He came up with an accent and everything. And I was like, yo, bro, I that was that was perfect. <laughs> nah, facts, man. Um, honestly, man, he man, rest in peace though, man. Like honestly, yeah. at least now you do you get to get to just rest in peace, man. That shit is over with, man. If it's a better place, yeah. I hope it's better than here. And, yeah. Uh, man, man, like, you know. Well, thank you. But yes, thank you, Chadwick, for just, you know, giving us what you gave us. Yeah, no, thank you for being inspiring. Amazing, yeah. You know, being for, a- for real, being inspiring, being who you were, just giving to others, and just, you know, also making us laugh, too, because he has some of the funniest memes. And I got okay. a few memes of him in my phone where he's just like, just looking like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Like, it, 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 he, like, honestly, was just like, he doesn't understand, like, the next generation of, like, just, you know, children actors and, like, black children actors and fucking black, great, phenomenal, just adult actors. Like, they, they're all going to just follow in his path and just, you know, want to be the next great black superhero or, you know, be the next, you know, ja- um, Jackie Robinson in a biopic or, you know what I'm saying? Like, just play those different roles. Like, you know, do the, I think what um, he did a Thurgood Marshall movie. Or am I tweaking? Yeah, right? I think he did a Marshall. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah, he did yeah, Thurgood he did Marshall. Marshall. I know he did the um, James Brown movie. So, like, you know. Yeah, get on up. With like, bro, man, the dude, the dude, like, just put so many seeds of just inspiration in the next generation. And that's all you can want, man. Like, you're going to go out one anyway. You just want to hopefully just not be a blimp in time. You know what I mean? Real, like, realistically, I always say Realistically. That. Yeah, like, unfortunately, the selfishness of human nature is just not to want to be a blimp in, in human time. And thankfully, you know, he's been able to not only leave his imprint in time, but, I mean, he changed his family's life forever. His family don't got to worry. And that's... Yeah, no. That's a blessing. And it was so... Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, it's just, you know, I don't want to speak too much of the negativity I saw regarding it, but, you know, it's just important to just speak about Chadwick as a person and not as the roles that he played oh, because yeah. you know i saw a lot of just negativity surrounding like you know the, you know just only like of course you could acknowledge him as black panther i'm not saying that but like people were just only speaking about that and not like chadwick boseman the man mm-hmm. i feel oh, like you yeah. know certain figures of that status like you just i feel like unfortunately begin to lose like a certain level of humanity yeah, no. You, know, you looked at it. You know, some people you see that with artists sometimes. So I, you know, I didn't want to speak on that too much, but, but yeah. So it's you know important to speak of Chadwick as the man. So, no, the facts. I, I agree, and I think that's just in general. Like when people pass, although they're great for what they were affiliated with, you do want to speak to them, and you know that's why I specifically said that. I ended that with yo, hey, you know, he changed his family's life. I think more than anything in, like anything that I can do in my life. Before I close my eyes, I if I could make my family's life a hundred times, two hundred times, three hundred times better, and make sure that I touch their lives, that is all I care about. I don't care about nothing else. I, I, and you know that speaks to politics. You know, shit. I, I, I even see. I forgot who I seen tweet about it today, but somebody tweeted something along the lines of, "Bro, like I just I've realized how much like 
you know, I might love like New York City or some shit like that. I, I just want to be like alone or in isolation. I prefer my life in isolation. And I resonated with that. I was like, oh, no, that's a fact. Like me, I'm one of those persons that, you know, like although I love New York City and I love this and I love X, Y and Z about life. Like I just want to be yeah. in isolation with me and my families and my friends. I want to enjoy the world for what it is with those people in isolation for the most part. And yes. like, you know, yeah, we can touch in with civilization here right now and then, but I don't need that every day anymore. I don't need all these engagements. I don't need all that shit. I don't need just all cut the that fat out. Yeah. You know? yeah. Turn I, the fat. I just, just realized like, this, yeah, I need you know? that positivity from my family, my friends, and they them just understanding that, you know, that I did it all for them. And like, as long as they accept it and they understand it and they appreciate it, my life is good. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Is that it for us today? Uh, yeah, no, that's pretty much it. Um, that is pretty much it. I, I, actually, I didn't slip yeah. in during the basketball segment, but I did want to say shout out. Um, well, not shout out, but rest in peace. Oh, rest in peace, Thompson. Yes, sir. Yes. You know what I'm saying? He was the uh, he was Big actually George the head coach for the Georgetown Hoyas. Man, he coached some of the greatest players ever. I think some of the greats. He did um, um Patrick Ewing. I'm pretty sure he yeah. did uh, what AI. AI. Was it Matumbo too? Did he go to Georgetown or my tweaking? I think he did. Or is it uh, Hakeem Olajuwon? Sorry. Wait. I don't remember, actually. I don't remember. It's one of those two guys. Somebody's going yeah. some, One of the followers. Somebody, yeah. Somebody, Somebody who wants to find, correct me in the podcast. You know what I'm saying? That's it. But, um, but all right. He's so... one of the greatest of it, man. You know, rest in peace to John yes. Thompson. First African-American head coach to win a major collegiate championship. So just wanted to throw that in there, man. He was literally black excellence. Another black icon. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's been a tough week for black law. So, I mean, you know. Like yeah. black kids, you, you got icons to look up to and Chadwick and John Thompson. Yes. So a, a resounding thank you from both of us for tuning in today. Um, go in, check on people, you know, wish your your loved ones. Just go out and be like, I love you. And um, hope you have a great week. And we will see y'all in the next one. This is episode 25 of the Tusk City Podcast.